Okay, that should about do it. Quest log 16. Planted the first perennials in the greenhouse this morning. Looks like we got tomatoes, carrots, squash, radishes, and green beans. We got cucumbers going too, but I've relegated them to the corner in shame since I can't stand them. Why would I want to eat crispy water? I hope you're getting all this, Boots. I know, it's riveting. Good afternoon. Thrilled to see you've decided to follow regulations these past couple weeks and kept your feet on. Morning. What? It's morning here. Two minutes after midnight. Oh, come on. That's not really morning. Shouldn't you be asleep? What are you, my RA? Time of day doesn't really mean anything here. It doesn't get dark. Right. How's your bite? Which one? You have more than one? Well, technically, I think the first one was a sting, not a bite. I looked closer at the critter, and I'm not sure it actually has a mouth. Hold on. Give me a second. Wait. Wait, start over. You said you got a second bite. A first bite. Boots, stop that. You're gonna fall. Boots loves rocks for some reason. I think the surfaces feel good on his air vents. I think it was a duck. Come again? The fauna that bit me. It was waterfowl of some kind. I've added it to the log. I'm calling it a swamp duck right now because it's a duck and I found it in the swamp. I'll go back and rename stuff later. And I treated the bite. It wasn't poisonous. All taken care of. What's on the schedule today? That's in the log, too. I've kept it updated. I don't have access to the log. I've told you that. Repeatedly. Ooh, Boots! Hey, look at that! Gwen! Fine. This morning, I went fishing in the swamp. Hence the swamp duck attack. I'm not sure if anything I caught is edible, so I'm testing the catch for toxicity. This afternoon, I'm going to repair the lean-to on the shelter that got damaged from the wind. Then I'm going to continue my surveillance of weather patterns and animal migrations. You know, scintillating stuff. What are your findings so far on weather patterns? Do you really care about weather patterns? It's not as if you have anyone else to talk to. Boots is an incredible conversationalist. Isn't that right, Bootsy? I really am here to help, Scout Hartley. No, you're here to babysit me and ruin my flow. Flow? I have a rhythm! It doesn't exactly conform to the written schedule. I didn't build the camp in the exact place recommended, and I made some adjustments to the structure. The wind blows almost exclusively from the west, so I put the outhouse downwind. The whole point of me being here is to build a civilization from the ground up. I'm supposed to adapt to circumstances. The camp has to match the blueprints, Scout Hartley. I can't track you or offer support if I don't know where you are. (laughs) Support? What, moral support? There isn't anything you can do except sing me a lullaby while I die. I knew what I was signing up for. Seriously, Summers, you aren't my boss. I don't answer to you. Just take my time off. Get a juice or something. That's not how this works. Dear Siri, today I worked in the greenhouse. I planted three tomatoes. I used the toilet. Would you like me to describe the experience? 
If you think bodily functions are going to scare me off, think again. I have two younger brothers. They couldn't take a piss without telling the whole house about it. <laughs> My sister Anna is the polar opposite. I think she'd prefer the whole world think she was a robot that has no bodily functions at all. I'm pretty sure that even if my brothers were robots, they could still figure out a way to be disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a second. That's Priyanka calling in. Calling in? Wait, we can do that? With the emergency beacon. She's been using it for (laughs) non-emergencies. That sounds like Pri. Hold on a second. You see that, Boots? You see what I have to deal with? Oh. Wow. Look at that. That's... That's a vine, isn't it? Or is the entire tree just vines? Wow. Can you scan that for me? Thank you, Boots. Let's see what it's made of. Let's see. Wow. Really? That's honestly kind of incredible. What's incredible? Oh, just a reading that Boots took. From what I can tell, these random blue vines have about the same protein value as chicken. I doubt they taste very good, though. Anyway, how's Pri? She's good. She says to tell you that she doesn't care how many swamp duck bites you've gotten. You're not getting out of the book club. (laughs) Please. As if I would ever try. She seems to think it's a distinct possibility. I'm not going to weasel out. She won the coin flip, so we're reading the book she wants first. Even if it's a romance. You don't like romance? It's not that I don't like it, really. It's just that I don't really see much point in dreaming of that kind of thing. I'm going to be alone for the next five years. Some people would say that's all the more reason to get into romance. I'd rather read... I don't know. Adventure stories. You're not having enough adventure? It's not like I hate romance. Uh, Anyway, uh, what's the book you're reading? It's about, uh, space nuns, I think. There's some skeletons. Oh, here. It's from Scott Reza. Mikhail! It's about time. Send it down. I told you, Boots! I told you Mikhail survived the landing. You were so worried about him all rolling around on your little wheels and getting stressed out. I told you he'd be fine. (laughs) We've all been in mutual contact. You could have asked at any time. Come on, Boots. Gwendolyn Darling. Nerd. Gwendolyn Darling, did you know water is wet? Let's be clear here. I'm not trying to be deep. Although that was two water puns in a row, so let's be sure to give credit where credit is due. No, but really. Water is wet, which makes you wet, which makes you cold. And if the water is salty, then it itches. It's not that I'm scared of what's in the water. Though I don't really like that part either, especially when I'm on an alien planet with unknown fauna. It's the way it feels against your body, just being attacked on all sides. And you know all this, of course. I've told you and Pri again and again. I gave you, what did Peter call it? 
a doctoral verbal defense on why I refuse to go to the beach. So you'll understand that I am not using hyperbole here when I tell you that this place is covered in water. And not just in a couple fun ponds. Freshwater seas, actually. As far as I can tell, this whole planet is just island chains. Bad luck. You're eavesdropping again. And again, it's my job. Besides, I already know all of this. Although Mikhail went a bit lighter on the melodrama with me. Right. God, that's weird. You're talking to my friends when I can't? And you're a total stranger to all of us? What? You don't feel a deep bond developing over these last few weeks? Of me giving you advice and you ignoring it? You mean me tuning you out while you lecture me. Now, listen, the letter wasn't finished. Listening. I was talking to Boots. Okay, I had to get that out. So, positives. Pri says I have to be optimistic, which is easy for her to say with her glorious mountain ranges, etc., etc. Anyway, yes, positives. It's beautiful here. Sunsets, sunrises, blue-green reflections off the water. There's these strange, tumbled rock formations. I'd say they were man-made if there was any intelligent life here at all. I've been putting off exploring the water for as long as I can, but honestly, I'm running out of jungle. It's only a matter of time. Hope you're staying drier than I am. Love, Mikhail. Ugh, oh, Mikhail. You have it the hardest of all of us, don't you? They still aren't allowing input from the scouts themselves on what planet they're placed on? In theory, they do. Mostly, they take a scout's strengths into account rather than preferences. Mikhail might bitch and moan, but he's actually a pretty strong swimmer. How do you become a strong swimmer when you hate water? Spite. Ah. Priyanka's the one who really lucked out. Her planet is the closest to Earth Prime of anybody I know. She's got all those good biomes. My planet's got a tiny habitable slice compared to the rest of it. It's about 500 kilometers across, though, so it's not nothing. It's also kind of incredible looking at it from space. It doesn't look real. I'll be sure to take a look next time we zoom by. You should. Hold on, I'm gonna go check on the bees. Make sure they're nice and well frosted. Well, frosted? They're still frozen? Yeah. There are natural pollinators here, obviously, but if we want to grow anything non-native at all, we need bees. Earth got that right. At least until they killed them all off. Yeah, I know all that. Shouldn't you have started hatching the larva right away? <laughs> Enough about me. Let's talk about you. Bell. Bell's a pretty name. Thanks. You know everything about me. You eavesdrop on all my private correspondence, but I don't know anything about you. This subtle subject change is deeply troubling, but all right. Is there anything in particular you want to know? I don't know. Where are you all day? Like, where are you talking to me from? Are you at home? Why, yes. How did you know? Right now I'm sitting in my parlor in my grand brick residence on fashionable Main Street. I I'm joking. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. No, I'm definitely not talking to you from home. 
The settlement office rents out an FTL pod on Euphoria Station. That's faster than light. Okay, I do know that one. Just being thorough. Mm Mm-hmm. What are you doing when you aren't scout-minding us? Sleeping. I write sometimes. What do you write? Uh, nothing. Poems, whatever. Tell me one of your poems. What? No, they... They aren't finished. They won't ever be finished. They're they're just messing around. Fine, don't tell me all your secrets. Terrific, I won't. I... Hold on. Hmm. Guess they've got better things to do than talk to us, Boots. And I guess I'll just have to continue to amuse myself. Do I have any... Oh, I haven't read this one yet. What's up? Mikhail's grouchy because my planet is better than his. Honestly, it's probably better than yours, too, and since we are literally never going to see each other again, I don't see any point in being modest. The mountains are unbelievable. Obviously, I haven't had time to explore much, regulations, whatever. But there's snow on top, Gwen. I've never seen snow in my life. I'm getting up there as soon as I can. I'll probably freeze to death while I'm there, because as soon as I get to it, I am taking off all of my clothes and just diving in. Why would she do that, you ask? Well, I will have used up all of my willpower dragging myself up the mountain and will be unable to resist freezing my tits off. I'm sorry if this is all a wild jumble. I've barely been sleeping. This is maybe hour 40. I'm not even tired. It's wild how different being in a new place makes you feel. I bet I could even fly in this lowered gravity. My jumps are incredibly high. What I'm saying is, this is a paradise planet, Gwen. And it's going to be like that for five beautiful years until the first wave of settlers swarms in, and I have to start worrying about stuff like the moral and legal ramifications of jumping naked into a snowdrift instead of just the hypothermic ones. And settlers mean airborne diseases. Litter. Small talk. Random dudes explaining things to me. I guess I can always move to another continent when the noobs get here. Anyway, I love you, Gwenny. I miss your face. Sorry, there usually aren't so many interruptions at this time of day. My supervisor came in to lecture me about invoices. Amelia has this extremely specific way she likes things done, and her spreadsheets are a nightmare. Anyway, uh, where were we? Are you sure pre-wrote this letter? What letter? The one you sent last night at 2037 Galactic Time. Have you read it? No, I wouldn't. It's not against regs, is it? No, but it's rude. Go ahead and read it. I'll wait. Okay, let me... I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be looking for here, honestly. She sounds... fine. Happy, even. Maybe a little abrupt, or, I don't know, brisk? Try deeply weird. This isn't the sort of stuff you get from her. You get, oh, 5,000 words meticulously describing a new species of butterfly she saw. 
This didn't even have a greeting or a signature. It's full of sentence fragments. She wouldn't sound like this, even if she was using speech-to-text. That's not pre. You think someone's impersonating her? (laughs) Who? A tree? A wild deer that loves practical jokes? I mean, she's not herself. Or you wrote this in order to mess with me, but I... I don't think you'd do that. Even to someone you don't like. Thanks, I guess. Could you... Could you check on her? I know it's not currently her time slot and she hasn't activated her beacon, but... Please. Uh, sure, of course. No problem. Be back soon. It's obvious they think we're nuts, Boots. Hopefully we are. Or I am. I really shouldn't include you in this. You're just a robot. Shush! Okay, in the meantime, let's grab some of this vine. Did I bring a knife? Uh, Let's bring a bit home to further analyze. I I don't think it's toxic, but your sensors aren't strong enough. What? I'm just telling it like it is. Let's go home and cook up some delicious vine and obsessively ruminate on a situation I am powerless to affect in any meaningful way. Continued. Log, uh, 18? We'll start with chopping the vine and boiling it. I'm not hopeful, but we can't get too ambitious too fast. Close log. Letter to Peter. Hey, Peter. It's day 12, and we're already on to our first crisis. Well, I'd say our, but it isn't really mine. At least, not mine in regards to the scouting mission. There isn't anything I can do from here. I can give Belle info on Priyanka's personality and insight into what I think is wrong, but beyond that... Ugh. Okay, pause letter. Continued. Log 18. Okay. Boiling is... Nah. Not great. Like, it isn't inedible. I think frying it is definitely going to be better. Along with all the exciting vegetables I have, which are, uh... Grass? Space rations? Fabulous. Close log. Continue letter to Peter. It's not that I don't trust Belle. I do. I mean, I have to. There isn't any other choice. I wasn't around for whatever vote created the Scoutminder position. I was on a shuttle for a year. And even if I hadn't been, well... I was in the Union, but I never went to meetings. It never really struck me as anything more than a pipe dream. Which isn't very socially conscious of me, I know, but I had a lot on my mind back then. Pause letter. Uh, Continued log, uh, eight, was it? Not eight? Well, I'm close, right? Anyway, log number whatever. Frying is... Much? Hmm. Much better. But I still wish I had some garlic and tomatoes. I'd probably be really good with those. Well, really good is probably an overstatement, but it would be palatable. 
Hey, I'm back. Summer, is it took you long enough? How's Pre? She's obstinate. Pushier than I've ever heard her before. Pushier than you. Wow. She insists that she's never felt better, but... That's definitely a red flag. Yeah, I agree. It took some coaxing, but I managed to convince her to do a bioscan. This does seem to be some sort of manic episode, which is a symptom of certain mental disorders, but mania itself is just a prolonged state of elevated mood. I know what mania is. Is this a breakdown? From the isolation, or... I never thought it would happen to Pre out of all of us. Mikhail, sure, or me, but... It's hard to tell how someone will react in a completely alien environment. That's why the Scoutminder program was instituted in the first place. Depression and paranoia are pretty common in space exploration, even if you aren't technically in space. Pre is, like, the healthiest person I know, physically and mentally. I don't know if she's ever even seen a therapist. Just because she's never shown symptoms to you doesn't mean they aren't there. She could have hidden them. She wouldn't have hidden them from me. Well, we'll see what the bioscan tells us. Provided she actually does it. The scan analysis can take up to 12 hours to analyze with a field kit, so you should get some sleep in the meantime. I'm not going to sleep for 12 hours. Well, sleep for seven of them then. There isn't anything more you can do on your end. Try to relax. Right. Okay. Well, I guess someone's going to have to do these dishes, and it's not going to be you, is it, Boots? Waiting. I can do... Waiting? God, this vine really sticks, doesn't it? I wonder if I can juice it, refine it into an oil, like with olives or something. (sighs) Okay. Come on. We know this dance. We don't know anything until we know something. We can't do anything, so... Well... I can wash these pans. I can... Mess up this poor, mistreated scrub brush some more. Oh, is it time for a bedtime story, Boots? Yeah, we can do that, too. Once upon a time, there was a city that was split in two. Half of it lived in the daylight, and half of it lived under the stars. In the center was a river, and that river was the only place where day and night touched and the only place where the night creatures and the day creatures could come together. Oh, did I not mention the creatures? Right. Well, the day side of the city was populated by people who could never leave the light, and the night side by those who needed the starshine to live. But in the river, they could come together to trade, to talk, and to share stories. That's how two girls, one from the night city and one from the day, met. They spent hours just standing in the flow of the water, holding hands, telling each other tales of the side of the river the other would never see. They would bring each other gifts, stones that had been warmed by the light of the sun, and flowers that could only bloom at night. That river was their home, their narrow strip of life. In this way, the girls spent many happy days together. But as the seasons began to turn, it became too cold to stand in the river. 
They tried building bridges, but they would always crumble to splinters as soon as the first slat was laid, because nothing was meant to ever cross between the two cities. Meetings were meant to be fleeting by design. The magic of the place ensured that secrets stayed secret. The girl from the day city was sad, but she realized that this was how it had to be. She'd spend the winter thinking about her love and look forward to seeing her again in the spring. But the girl from the night city wouldn't give up so easily. She wasn't going to be separated from the girl she loved. So she went to the only person she knew who had ever spent any time on the other side of the city, the man on the hill. He sat in a little hollow among the roots of an oak tree, and you couldn't look directly at him. It wasn't that it was against the law. I mean, it probably was against the law, too. But you literally couldn't. Your mind wouldn't let you do anything but look a little bit to the side. This was what happened when you crossed the river into a place you didn't belong. You became... unknowable. The girl from the Night City begged the man on the hill to tell her how she could visit her love without ending up like him. The man on the hill told her that there was one way, and that would be to travel to the mouth of the river and cut it off at its source. But then the cities will have no water, the girl from the Night City cried. The man on the hill said, Is your love worth that? And then it sort of goes in different directions depending on who's telling the story. When my grandma told it to me, it always ended with the girl realizing that nobody's love is worth risking the rest of her city and resolving herself to waiting for spring. I think that one also ends up with her discovering the girl from the Light City has met someone else, or she's dead or something. Whatever, it's tragic. The other version of the story was one my sister told me, and it ends with the girl from the Night City destroying the river and killing everyone in the city. I'm not sure if she and her girlfriend die too. Also sounds bad, honestly. So here, I'm going to make up my own ending. I'm the one telling the story, and it's not like you're going to complain, are you, Boots? So here's my version. The girl from the Night City waits until spring, when the water is warm enough to wait again, and she finds the girl from the Light City, who conveniently has stayed single because she has some goddamn self-control. So instead of just standing there and fighting the current to be together, the two of them let the river carry them down and out of the divided city, to somewhere they can be together. Somewhere with night and day. And they live happily ever after. Good night, Boots. log entry whatever who cares I certainly don't so far my digestive tract seems fine with the proteins in the roots if the reaction is bad well at least I only share the bathroom with myself the really interesting aspect is that this vine seems to be everywhere it's growing on trees like English ivy but it doesn't seem to be killing them. 
Other invasive species like kudzu literally squeeze the life out of plants and block photosynthesis. But these trees are thriving. It's almost symbiotic. Like the vines are giving the trees something they need. I'm not quite sure what that is yet. I know the point of bringing the bees is to help turn this ecosystem into one as hospitable to human colonization as possible, and according to the scouting office, that means filling it with familiar crops and established practices. But what if that's not the best way to do things? What if this practice is ignoring the resources planets already come equipped with? Maybe it isn't true for all planets. Like, Mikhail's water planet obviously isn't going to feed a human civilization. But this one... I'm not so sure. I guess it remains to be seen. One thing is for sure. Belle is going to need to give me another lecture about following guidelines, and I'm going to ignore it. Summers! Have you heard anything from Pre? It's been nine hours since we last spoke, so yes, I have. But it's nothing you'll care about. Unless you care that Pre caught a frog, there's that. What did she do with the frog? I don't know. Let it go, I assume. I hope she didn't eat it. Have you never had frog? I admit, I've never had frog. How is it? Kinda chewy. Are you sure you can't- Hold on a second. Wow, Boots. Shut down. Wait, no, don't shut down. That's not what I meant. I was using an idiom. Don't power down, you little bastard. Sorry, I'm back. Where were we? Are you in a public area? Can people just walk into an FTL office? Cell? Let's go with pod. Do they just tap on the glass? There's a button, like a doorbell. A pod bell? Yes. So, who was at the pod door? The answer is actually a lot less relevant compared to all the buildup. It was just Demoline coming to lend me a book. She's a custodian. You borrow books from your custodian? You should see her cabin. It's almost all books. I'm pretty sure she props up her mattress on them. She's been collecting them her whole life. She's definitely the most interesting person on the station. Well, I suppose there could be people more interesting, but I haven't met them, so I don't care. Very tolerant of you. Anyway... Oh, the analysis is finished. What? It's only been ten hours! You said it would take twelve! I said up to twelve. Hang on, I'm gonna go talk to her. I'll be right back. Alright, I'm back. Great! First of all, let me say that Pre is okay. As of right now, she's okay. You know, that is possibly the least comforting thing you could have led with. Besides, the galaxy blew up and we're all dead and just don't know it yet. The brain scan found extremely increased levels of dopamine in Priyanka's system. Okay. Her white blood cell count is also raised. She did more tests than I asked her to. I think she did every test, actually, but... Hold on, she's calling back in. Shit. Shit! 
okay, Boots. There's no emergency. I'm fine. Just... Let's sit down. Yeah. Just sit down and pretend my stomach isn't trying to eat its way out through my ass. Hartley, are you there? Where else would I be? It's not dopamine. What? Preet took a closer look at the brain scan analysis. The system tagged the compound as dopamine, but it's not. The molecular structure is just really similar, and it's acting on her brain like dopamine would. If it's not something the analyzer can identify, then it's not something a human generally produces. Has she been consuming anything different? Has she changed her vitamin supplements? She's thinking it's an environmental toxin. Last week, she explored a new valley full of blossoming vines covered in violet pollen. She equipped a respirator, but she just checked the filters and she had a leak. But she's out of there, right? Back at base? Yes. She did another brain scan, a focused one, about six hours ago, and it looks like the toxin levels are dropping. Okay. Just rope off that valley, I guess. Or eradicate those trees. Well, if anyone ever bottles that pollen, it'll become the next system-wide designer drug. She's sending out a bot to get some sealed samples for analysis, and she'll keep doing scans. Her white blood cell levels are still up, so her immune system is reacting to the toxin. Belle, are her dopamine levels low? Her actual levels, not the dopamine mimic toxin. She didn't say. Can you ask her? Why? I think her immune system might be attacking her neurotransmitters. Wouldn't it be attacking the toxin? It should, yeah, but immune systems are like computers. They can only do what they're programmed to do. It's tagged the dopamine mimic as an invader, but if it's similar enough, it might also be attacking her own dopaminergic brain structures. The parts of her brain that generate dopamine. There's theories about how people contract narcolepsy. There's a strain of the flu that looks a lot like orexin, the neuropeptide that controls wakefulness and appetite. The immune system tags that flu as an enemy, but the cells in the brain that create orexin get destroyed too, because it looks too similar. If that's what's happening, if her immune system is attacking her brain, cutting off dopamine production, too much dopamine is bad, but so is too little. Ask her if she has a arresting tremor. It can cause attention issues, depression, dementia, I don't want to play armchair physician with Pri's brain, but I just... Please tell her about the autoimmune possibility. If... If you think her mental state can handle it right now? She's freaked out, but she's handling it. She's running every test she's got access to and transcribing the results. Is that handling it? It just... Go on, Summers. I'm not the scout you should be talking to right now. Gwen? I'm here. Priyanka found signs of neural scarring around the areas that produce dopamine, so it sounds like you might be onto something. She's not showing symptoms, though. That's because there's still toxin in her system. When it gets fleshed out, she'll start having problems. Maybe her immune system chilled out in time. Maybe we caught it fast enough, or you caught it. Yeah. Maybe. You should call Pre back. This is your block, Hartley. Yeah, well, she needs you more than I do. That isn't how this works. I don't care. I'm fine. She's... Just... 
please do this for me? I don't want her to be alone down there. Okay. I'll... Should I check back in with you before... I said I'm fine. Right. Well, good night, Hartley. Boots. Open new transcript. Hey. I know I just wrote, but... Stuff is bad, and I'm not okay. Well, I'm fine. There's no danger, or no immediate danger to me. Peter, Pre's sick. There's a possibility that there's something really dangerous on her planet. A mind-altering type of dangerous. And I'm not handling it well. Which, obviously, because my friend might be in trouble, but... I don't know. I'm supposed to be prepared for this situation. The scout mortality rate isn't exactly low, and it's significantly larger in the first month than any other time. All things being equal, there's about a 30% chance that one of us won't survive to see our first settlers. Incredible how much more real a percentage feels when it's not just a number on a screen. I'm angry at myself. And I'm angry at myself for being angry at myself and just... <laughs> this is exactly why they discourage close friendships between scouts, but... How the hell are you supposed to spend four years with a group and not form some connections? I know I'm just feeling sorry for myself, but... I know I don't have to lie to you, Peter. I can be a goddamn disaster if need be. And that's what I need to be right now. Not okay. Anyway, um, love you. See you, well, not soon, but someday. This episode of Second Star to the Left was written by Aisha Farah and directed and edited by Rachel Kellum. Gwendolyn Hartley was played by Ashani Kanitkar. Belle Summers was played by Joran Boss. Original music was composed and recorded by Adam Rubin and Joran Boss. Featuring the track River Flute by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Second Star to the Left was created by E. Jade Lomax and Aisha Farah. 